Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. never been with us. It's something we do every week. We go to the Bible. So if uh, if you have a Bible this morning, grab it. Go to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. One will. Tina, thank you. Welcome home. Glad you're back. It's good. good. If you were not back, I'd have been by myself right there. Isaiah chapter 6. Bro, y'all are struggling. Man. Isaiah chapter 6. Okay. It's not hard. It's just like it's real easy. It's like, it's like a hangout thing. Yeah, this is cool. Okay, good. All right, man. If you're looking uh, or on, on your Bible app, you version, there's a live event taking place. You can follow along with right there as well. Please, again, don't jump forward, jump ahead, go with us. Uh, uh, just uh, follow along. But Isaiah chapter 6, I actually want to do this first before I pray this morning. I want to read uh, 1 through 8. Um, and I would love for you to follow along. If you need a Bible, we'll give those away as well. But uh, it would also be on the screen. But Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Man, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. We were singing that word just a few moments ago. You're going to find out about what exactly that means. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. God, we thank you for being with us in this room today, Lord, through your spirit. God, we thank you, Lord, for being here through your word. And God, we ask today, God, you'll just speak to us, reveal yourself to us, uh, let us respond accordingly, and accept the call, Lord. We ask that today in Jesus' incredible name. Amen. 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 We're in a series right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And what we're doing is we're going through the Old Testament together. And last week, I introduced the book Isaiah to you. And um, if you were not here, uh, man, go back, please listen to that message. We learned some things about Isaiah hung out in that first chapter and really kind of just set the stage for this book. But uh, we learned that Isaiah's name means Yahweh is, does anybody remember? 
Salvation. Come on, somebody. Yahweh is salvation. So again, think about this for a second. Again, just that Yahweh is salvation. There's going to be some, some picture of that coming alive for you in just a few moments. But Isaiah, again, we, we've you know, learned some things about him. Scholars say this guy started his ministry at like 15 years of age. I mean, you know, this is incredible. I love this. Had a long ministry. was radical about his faith. Uh, this book itself, uh, universally looked at as one of the greatest books in the Old Testament and uh, written by one of the greatest prophets uh, to believe. Uh, it's referred to as the fifth gospel because you'll see so much prophetic words in the book of Isaiah about Jesus and who he is. And so uh, this book itself, this chapter itself, Isaiah chapter 6, gets quoted five times in the New Testament. So uh, again, a lot of very cool things here. But what we always try to do is, is as, as a pastor, I pray, say, God, what are you saying to us today through this? And so I, I want today to give you three, I believe to be, very important takeaways from Isaiah chapter 6. And um, we'll just go through these. Again, three very important takeaways from Isaiah chapter 6. First one, just come to me, leaped off the page. It's in verse 1, and we'll read it again. Isaiah 6, 1 says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Number one this morning is this, and this is so cool, man, is... God is on the throne. Come on, man. Amen, Danny. God is on the throne. He, he's good news. He's, he's never fallen off. Never will. I mean, he is in the seat of authority. He is on the throne. Now, this, if you don't understand this, I want you to see something today. This is great news. This is great news. There there have been times in my life where I kind of like not really saw it as like the greatest of news because I I feel like I had kind of a wrong understanding of God. And that's still, man, he's he's continually revealing himself. And and again, we'll never fully understand God. But man, I can't wait. One day we will see him face to face. But I, I, I see something here that, man, he's on the throne. And again, that used to be for me almost kind of a bad thing because I saw God as like sitting up there on this throne, looking down on me, waiting for me to mess up. Oh, yeah. Just like waiting for me to say the wrong thing, have a wrong thought, do the wrong thing. And, man, that can put you in a difficult, terrible place. But the more I understand about God, that this is good news. This is great news because, listen, it is the one who loves me is the one who's in charge. It's the one right now who's for me is seated in the place of authority high above the heavens and earth who is right now in a place of authority in my life and in your life if you will just surrender that to him. And when I see this, this helps me do some things. This helps me rest. This gives me peace. This changes stuff for me. This, This helps me because when I start seeing him as in charge, that tells me this. I don't have to be the one worrying. I don't have to try to do this thing and try to work this out and try to make this thing happen in my life. He's in charge. He's on the throne. He's seated in this place of authority. And when we get to this place where we start seeing him for who he is, understanding that he's the one in charge, we'll quit worrying about stuff. We'll quit getting this place where, man, this thing's getting me down, man. 
This thing's kind of messing with me. No, no, he's on the throne. Every time I look up, see him on the throne, I'm like, man, this is good. This is going to work out because he's got my back, man. He's for me. I, I, I love a quote I heard. It said that Bernard Meltzer said this. He said, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but never takes you anywhere. Come on, man. And it's true. It's true when we come and just, just kind of get in this place of worry and, and, and struggle. Like, oh, man, just worried about this. Listen, there's a lot of things that we understand here. Again, when we take him off the throne and begin to put ourselves there, we have to worry and try to figure stuff out. Four things about worry. This is not in your notes on you on, on version, so you may want to add this. Four things about worry here is this. Number one is just simply this. It destroys your health. True story. It's been medically proven. When when you worry about stuff, when you let something just continually just kind of play on your mind, it messes with you physically. Seriously. Now, now listen, this doesn't mean, well, as long as I don't worry, I can do whatever and I'm healthy. Doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean you eat what you want to. So I ain't worried about it. (laughs) Doesn't mean you can do that. That's not what that means. But 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 please understand, listen, it it affects your health. Physically, your, your body declines. When you're worrying about stuff, man, it's amazing. People who are just like, hey, what's up, man? This is good. You know, they're healthy. They're not worried about nothing. Man, just, just trust, man. Spiritually, that's how we need to be. Just, God, I'm not worried. I trust you. Second thing about worry is this. It minimizes our effectiveness. Come on. It, it, it will do this. It will destroy the work that God's called you to do. Where, where this, is, this is what's happening. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. And we're going to talk about it. And, and this is what happens. You're over here worrying. And God's saying, I need you to do this. You're over here doing that. We're missing out. Less effective. It's just, it's just the truth. Uh, I've heard this quote. I don't know who the author was. Couldn't find the name. But it said this. It says, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune. Most of which never happened. <clears throat> Come on. I mean, it, that's true. We, all this stuff, and this is going to happen. This is just filled. And then it just never happens. It's, that's how, that's, again, it's what worry does for you. Uh, worry number three is this. Worry is the absence of faith. When you're, you have this choice to make, whether you're in doubt or you're in faith, and, and whether you're in fear, whether you're in faith, and, and when we get in this place, we're, it's the absence of faith in our life. As we get into a place of double-mindedness. The Bible says we're unstable when we go to that place. And so we understand this. And listen, I want to walk in faith. And he tells us things like this in Scripture. Don't worry. Don't, don't, don't be anxious. So the fourth and final one is this. When we worry, you know what we're doing? Worry is disobedience. It's disobedience. And so here's the truth. God's saying, obey me. You're dissing that. You're being disobedient to what God says and the truths and the things that he speaks. And so, listen, man, start seeing him on the throne. He's got this. If you're his child, if he's in charge, he's got this. So quit letting a situation you can't control control you. Quit letting that happen. Quit letting these things pull you down. And when we ultimately, when we do this, when we get in this place, not seeing him on the throne, worry about stuff, letting these things come in, you know what we're doing? We're ultimately saying this, God, you're a liar. We are. Because we, if we're saying, man, he says this about me, but this, that's a lie. I don't believe that. That's what we're saying. Because God says things like this. I love you. I, I'm with you always. And when we say things like, man, nobody loves me and I'm all alone, 
I call him a liar. When, when he speaks things like, you know something in me, this is going to work out for you good? And we say, man, it's never going to work out. You know, that's tough, ain't it? When, when he's saying things like, man, you know, uh, I, I've, I've, I really want to do this in your life it, through me. I'm, I'm going to do incredible things in your life. And you're like, man, he's never going to do anything in me. I call him a liar. Listen, this is, this is what I want to get in your heart today, and I hope it already is. He's on the throne. He's, he's in charge, and you're like, well, what, what does that mean for me? That means, listen, we look to that, and we surrender to it. And so, again, the one who's on the throne today, who is it, it, today for you, this is incredible, great news. Now, what do we do with this? I want us to keep reading, and we'll see the second one. But in Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to read 2, two through 4 again. Follow along. It says this. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. What was happening because there was one seated on the throne? That's number two. Worship is our only proper response to the presence of God. Worship is our only proper response to the presence of God. I love what we see here. The, the seraphim, if you don't know what that is, that, that's one of the angelic beings that we know in, in Scripture. Six wings, two covering their face because they couldn't look upon the glory, two covering their feet because they knew they couldn't even stand in his presence, and with two they flew. And what were they saying? They were speaking forth, holy, holy, holy. These were seraphim. That literal meaning of a seraphim is this. It's a burning one. A burning one. So this burning flame of fire with wings was, was, was worshiping the Lord. We sing a song right here, man, and, and I love it. It's called Burning Ones. Uh, and, and incredible to start thinking about that. We want to be that, God. We want to be the one who takes the place of the seraphim who choose to burn and worship and follow your ways. This is what they're doing here. They're worshiping the Lord. And look at what they're saying. Holy, holy, holy. Hebrew word here means separated or unapproachable. Now, this is wild to think about this for just one moment. This unapproachable God, we see Isaiah approaching. We, according to what we just read, in his presence, seeing him. Now, this is wild. I was just kind of thinking and meditating on this this week, man. Isaiah means Yahweh is salvation. And for us, this is how it works. This is how we go to an unapproachable God. One who we are separated from is through salvation. It's through Yahweh. It's through the work that Christ has done. And so this is what Isaiah is able to do. I mean, again, just the picture of the, the even by the name, because of salvation, he can now come into his presence. And what do we do? What, what is the response? The only proper one is worship. And so we see him worship. And when you get this, and when I get this in greater measure, you know what we'll do? Worship more. 
That's what we'll do. It'll cause us to worship and cry to him. When we come into this place and we, we come into this service and we do this, we start thinking, man, I can't even just step into this place without Jesus. I don't even have the right to lift my hands and raise my hands, but Yahweh is salvation. We begin to worship the Lord, man, and we begin to cry out, holy, holy, holy is to him. It's what we're called to do. And I'm talking about worship. I'm not talking about coming in here and, and they entertain us for a few minutes. I get up here and talk to you. You go home. I'm talking about us crying out, worshiping the Lord. A.W. Tozer said this, and he don't play. He said, the church that can't worship must be entertained. And men who can't lead a church to worship must provide the entertainment. And truth is simply this, man. We're not here to entertain. We're here to lead and teach and encourage you into this, to go into his presence. And listen, this is where God's calling us into. It's a deeper level. And I'm telling you, man, the more I start seeing him on the throne, the more I start understanding about what Jesus has provided for me, man, I go in. We can go to that place. And I want to get there. I, and I, I want to get to the place. I'm working on it. I hope you are. I'm, I want to get to the place where I don't worship him according to the conditions that are happening in my life. I, I, I want to I worship him the way he loves me. That's what I want to do. I want to worship him the way he loves me. God's love for us is unconditional. Our worship should be as well. And, and I, I wanted to worship him in that light and in that way. I hope we're going after that. That's our desire. How do we do it? We understand some things. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5 says this. He says, so I said, this is what, this is what you'll do when you understand. Again, God's glory and awesomeness on the throne. He says, woe is me, for I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For, the eyes have, my, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The one of, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with that. And he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. That's showing so much there. You know what he's saying? He's showing us that, again, it's in that altar. When we come to him and he touches our life, things change. It's immediate, and then we'll begin to see this happen. The altar of God will do this. The altar of God will alter our life. And it, it will do things for us because he understood something. Man, I am undone. I don't deserve, I can't even come into this place. But he understood something. He understood when the Spirit of God touched him. The, the fire of the altar, that cold that touched his life, that's what cleansed him. He didn't do it. He understood who he was, but he also understood what God does. And he grabbed hold of that. He gravitated and grabbed hold of that truth. And look at verse 8. He says this. He says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying. Now, just leave that up for a second, if you will. Now, I, don't know, I, was, I was thinking about this earlier. I said this earlier that I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in that moment that's the first time God started speaking in the conversation. I believe it was the first time Isaiah heard it. And again, I, again we, we, we see God speaking and declaring but we understood something. It was a moment that he understood again who he was, who God is. And he come in and allowed him to touch the presence and touch his life. It opened his ears. 
He began to hear. He began to hear. And this is amazing what what the Lord is saying. The Lord is having this conversation. And again, we know he actually uses the word us. It's what we see, the same word that's in Genesis 1, where he's talking about the three, the Trinity. And he says, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here am I. Send me. I love this. And it's the third and final one this morning, and it's simply this. You have a great calling on your life. You have a great calling on your life. Please understand, every person, you have a great calling on your life. Now, how do you you hear that? Again, you understand who God is. Begin to worship him. Allow him to touch your life. Allow him to speak to you. It opens your ears and he begin, you begin to hear his voice. And he's saying this, man, he'll go. And this is, I, I, I don't think it was almost like, and this is what happens. It was like, I don't think I was there. Like, it really had a choice at that point. It just came out of him, man. You don't get touched by God. And, 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 and this is what happened. This is how you can judge it if you've been touched by the Lord. You'll speak differently. You'll, you'll respond to things differently. And it's what happens when we get in the altars and when we spend time with God. It's what will happen in your life. And I can judge some things in my life. I can judge in a lot of ways what I'm saying by how much time I've spent with God. And you can too. I will see how I respond to situations that happen, do things, and think things, things that come out of my mouth and things that happen. I can directly connect it to me being in the presence of of a holy God and who he is. And this is what God's saying. This is what he's speaking to you right now. There's a calling for you. There's a plan for you. And I'm loving what I'm seeing happen in this church. I'm loving the fact that we're seeing people in this church step into their purpose. It's happening, man. We're watching it take place. It's incredible. I'm not talking about like a title position. I'm talking about purpose. There's a big difference. Because there's a lot of people who have titles and positions that are not walking in their purpose. It's happening. There's places like that. But right now, listen, you have a plan. God wants to do something for you. So listen, right now, God is saying this. I got a word to do. Who'll go? You know, the response is this. God, send me. Here I am. And I want you to see this. There's no task. Nothing that God is calling you to do. Insignificant. Minute, small, and, 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 and again, the enemy can mess with people, man, in so many ways. And, and I, I just want to try to like put it in perspective for just a minute help us understand this. But again, please understand this is not all there is. But just to help us see it a little bit, just relate it to our church for a moment. Because uh, again, please understand your purpose, your calling, doesn't just happen on Sunday and Wednesday. There's five other days. You get gypped off. You get ripped off, man. If all you're on, you're letting God walk, you walk in your purpose for two days a week, man. Listen, but to help us understand it, listen, there's a big thing happening right now in this church. God placed a vision in our heart. Same way he spoke to Isaiah and gave him a picture and gave him a vision. He's called this church to make Jesus known. It's happening, bro. It's going down, man. People are, are coming to Christ. We're seeing incredible things happen. We're seeing people set free, man. Last week, incredible, just beautiful stories. Someone just set free who had been battling anxiety and worry, just totally set free and delivered last week. Beautiful. And that's happening in this church. So this is what I want you to understand. If you're a part of that in any way, 
you're walking in a big park and you're doing something great for God. You're like, well, I'm just doing this. Listen, no, listen. If you're doing anything, if you're doing anything at all for the big picture and the big plan, you're doing a big work. So, so right now, this is help, help you understand this. And this is how God's spoken to me. Uh, we have uh, one of the, the young ladies in our church, Miyoshi. Um, she was here first service. She's probably serving on her second service. But uh, she helps oversee the cleaning schedule for, for the church. I mean, as a church family, uh, we don't hire somebody to come in and do this. People as a church, you know, volunteers, serve, and, and do this. Schedule got messed up this weekend, and, and things got a little bit off. And so she was kind of in a situation. She posted like, hey, who can, who can clean? Help me, please, somebody help clean the church this weekend. Uh, myself and, and, and Jonathan Co. he's probably in there counting money or something, knowing him. Um, me and him did the cleaning this week. Now, again, I'm not up here trying to brag about trying to tell everybody you clean the church. I do it a lot. Even after church gets clean, sometimes I just come here and clean. I'm just, I'm like, I have this thing called SOE. I got a spirit of excellence. So I just want everything just certain ways. I'll come by, straighten something up, do something. It's just so, but, but the Lord spoke to me yesterday, and it was wild, man. I had my headphones on. I was jamming, and I was having a good time, and I was vacuuming. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you know what you're doing? I was like, God, dude, I'm vacuuming. Are you serious? I'm, he said, you're making my son numb. I was like, whoa, dude, thank you, Jesus. Wow. I'm a, again, you can put it where you want to in the positions or whatever. But again, making Jesus known, whether I was down here with a vacuum in my hand or up here with a microphone around my head. And listen, if you're doing anything right now as a part of this, again, I'm just trying to put it in perspective because, again, we can, under, we can relate to this. We're here and we're part of this. If you're doing anything that's connected to this, you're making Jesus known. You're getting people saved, man. We see people get healed. If you need healing today, you can get healed. If you need get salvation, you can get saved today, delivered. All those things are here. People's getting filled with the Spirit of God. That He's at work in their life. You know why? Because people are understanding something. Listen, you know something? God's got a great calling on my life. And so listen, just do what He speaks to you and what He's saying to you to do. So the question needs to change for us. The question for you is no longer... Are you called into ministry? I want you to lose that mindset. I want the worship team to come on around. And I want you to think this way. Think, let, this, let this question be the question now. Not are you called into ministry? Will I answer the call? Will I answer the call? When he speaks to you, when he says something to you, will you say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Come on, man. Will you answer? Will you, will you, will you respond in that way? Because here's the, here's the truth. There are many that need what you have inside of you right now. Not like I'm going to one day like get a degree or one day I'm going to after saved a while. What if right now, if you're a Christian, you're called. And you have a purpose for your life. And listen, it is great. It is not small. It is incredible. God wants to do in your life. So I want you, if you will, please, just to simply just stand right where you're at and just bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to stand. If you would, just, just take a moment and do this. We ask this every week. We say, Holy Spirit, what, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? Oh, man. For honest, I, there's, 
I really don't believe there's anyone in here. If we're honest, I don't believe there's anyone in here who said, man, he didn't speak to me today. It's all good. Because I believe each person here, all of us, can, can, can probably get a better glimpse and a better picture of who he is. And that he's on that throne. Now, I just want to ask this right there, just right where you're standing. That very first thing that I spoke on this morning about God being seated upon a throne. There are many. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to say this because I, I feel this is in my heart. This is what God's showing me right now. There are many right now who have been struggling with that number one thing that we just talked about. So much so because this is what's happened. The enemy has, has, been, has been doing a real good job of causing you to, to walk in doubt and fear and worry. It's been putting in your place, keeping you in that, that position and messing with you in that area of your life. And so this is what God wants to do. He wants you to see him. He wants you to see him. Seated on the throne. He wants to encourage you today that you don't need to worry. He wants you, he, he, I believe he's saying to you, trust me. That's you right now. I just right, Before we go any further, I just, if you're saying, man, I, I, there's some areas in my life I need to trust God in. I've been, enemy's been causing me to kind of get into a place of worry, fear, doubt, whatever you, the label may be, anxiety. Just do this right where you're at. Just, just lay, raise your hands up to God real, real high. So I see them. Yeah, as you can get upset. Man, a lot of hands. Listen, it's okay. Let's just be honest. I want, I want to pray over you right now. Just right there. I want to, I want to break that off of you in the, in the name of Jesus. Because that one who's in authority has released authority to us to walk in this now. So I just want to just begin to break that off of you right now. We saw this break last week in our, in our altar. It's incredible. What a testimony. I hope we hear it soon. They share it. It was God who did it. We just did this. We just began to pray. So I just want you right now, as your hands are raised up to him, just begin to receive right now healing from that. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare right now all, all doubt, worry, fear, unbelief, every spirit of fear, leaving this room right now. Leaving your people. There's no place for it here. There's no place for it in our life. We reject it today. We renounce it. We, we, we call it to leave today. In the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Lord, we, right now, we, we just declare right now, Father, that your spirit right now is just flowing in. You're giving a power, a, a, a spirit of power, love, sound mind right now. I thank you for that, Jesus. Whew. Just receive that right now. Thank you, Father. I, and I want, I want to challenge you to do something. Just as you just right now, just still in the spirit right now of God speaking to your heart. Anytime worry comes in, begin to worship. <laughs> Come on, replace the worry with worship. Watch what God does. Promise you. I promise you it'll change. <laughs> oh, man, thank you for that, Lord. God, we just ask you right now to just release that right now in this place. Thank you, Father. second thing I talked about this morning was just this our response to being in God's presence it's worship it's understanding more about who he is and 
who we are without Him and who we are with Him. It does this for us. That holiness, the one who is, again, unapproachable without Jesus, He has given us access in. And worship is the door that we walk through into His presence. Father, we want to worship You, Lord. We want to worship You. I said that Isaiah's name means Yahweh is salvation. So for you today, you may never surrendered your life to Christ. You may need to, to, to give your life over to Jesus today and just accept Him and accept the work that Christ did for you on the cross. If you need to do that today, this is your day. This is it. This is, this is the day everything can change for you. Just a few moments, we're going to open up our altars, and I want to ask you to come down in just a moment. And we have people who have been in our prayer room at the back beside Connect. They'll pray and talk with you. But listen, don't leave without surrendering your life, accepting the gift that God has for you through Jesus. The third thing I talked about was the purpose. Listen, we don't, he's not on the throne, and we're not, not just so that we just worship him. It's so that we walk in the calling and the purpose and the plan that he has for us. And listen, I want you to see this today. Every believer, person here today, it's a great calling on your life. It's a great calling on your life. If that's you right now, I just want to pray over you. If you're just say right now, I just, I want God to speak to my heart. I don't want to know what he's called me to do. I just want to walk in his purposes. I want to walk in his calling. Right now, just raise your hand up. How is you can get it up? God's going to reveal some things. He's going to begin to speak to you. That's good. See that? Many. Just raise it up. Listen, please understand this. He's speaking. So when we allow him to touch us, it opens our ears and we hear him. So right now, just allow him right now to just open your ears. God, we thank you right now for open ears to hear clearly. Your word says throughout, God, he who has an ear, let him hear. Your spirit is saying, I speak right now, Lord. We listen, we walk in and accept the calling. Thank you, Father. Just, we're getting ready to just have one last worship song, and, just, and we're going to cry out and just celebrate the love of God that He has for us. But I want you to do something. If you lifted up your hand for any reason, I want you to just step out from where you're at. I just want you to just come and get with God for a few moments in worship to Him, in just praying to Him. Just don't, we're not going to wait until they start singing. I want you, if you, that was you, just go ahead and step out right now. Come, come. If you want freedom again, just to walk in the freedom from, from worry and just seeing God, you want to see Him on the throne, who He is, you need that in your life, God's going to set you free from that. I believe that. I mean, you just want to, your worship and the, and the praise that you have to go to a new place in Him. You want to walk in the calling. You want to hear His voice and hear Him speak to you. Just come. If you need salvation, come. Come. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Awesome. Just keep coming. It's okay. Come on. I want people who just believe God's tr- word is true and that He answers prayer. I want you to come and just begin to gather around these. We're going to pray. We're going to go after God for a few moments. I want you to come and just pray with these. And this is what I want you to do. Just we're going to just agree together. We're going to pray. God's going to do something in your life. And then I want you to do this. I want every person just to spend some time in worship. Spend some time honoring him. That's our only proper response to his presence, and he's here. So, God, I thank you that you're with us. 
We want to walk and respond accordingly, God. And I thank you for what you're going to speak today in this room. I thank you for who you're going to heal in this room, who you're going to set free today, save, deliver in this place today, God. I thank you for it. I give you glory for it all. We thank you for the love that you have for us. We receive it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.